afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. Man like Mo, yeah. out here. No Peter today? Nope. Nobody knows where he is. Nope. <laughs> He's just not here. <laughs> All right, Hopefully so let's alive. get into it today. So today is the 11th of the 11th, which is Remembrance Sunday. Yeah. Don't yeah. remember Day. Remember it's Day. Sunday. It just happened to fall on a Sunday. And um, I was on YouTube, as you are, and I came across like this really interesting debate. Um, so that, and the question was, so we've reached 100 years of like the First World War. Is it time to like give it a rest and like stop celebrating it every year? Or do you think that it's important enough part of like British history that we need to continue to celebrate it or, or, or like remember this day? So I wanted to like pose that question to, to you today. <laughs> Um, I I don't think it's it's been long enough to like be like oh, I cool stop stop celebrating it. Um, I don't think a hundred years is <laughs> nah, is long cause, enough because it's because if you if you argue that it's been a hundred years, forget about it. Let's just move on. Or alright, cool. We celebrate for a hundred years. Let's 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 just keep it going. Then. Arguably, country celebrating Independence Day she stop after a hundred years. But I would argue that there's just between gaining independence and um, celebrating soldiers in a war. Cause like, cause like, cause like, I guess both of them are like celebrating the freedom that that came mm-hmm. as a result of the yeah. uh, as a result. But one is. I feel like with like, like the whole Remembrance Day thing, mm-hmm. it's remembering the freedoms, but you gloss over the like tens of hundreds of billions of people of or tens of hundreds of thousands of people that were killed to mm. get the, that that freedom. Mm. So, personally, and I know like some people might just try to start stoning me and stuff. I've never really paid attention to Remembrance Day. Mm. Like, I've never really paid attention to it. Today at church, we had a like a minute. I feel it was like a two minute silence. And I was in my office listening to music. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's no disrespect to the soldiers who have lost lives and the soldiers who fought and stuff. It's just I've never really paid attention to it. Um, I have, like, I, I, I'm enjoying the fruits of what they've done. Um, but it's almost, if I was in Ghana, I wouldn't necessarily be impacted by this. So it's predominantly because of where I am. Mm. Like, did did we do we do Remembrance Day in Ghana? Not that I can remember. Not that I can remember either. And so I grew up where there was no notion of Remembrance Day. There was no notion of this. And I've come to a different country. And in as much as yes, now I'm a citizen of this country, got the red passport and them things there. No, no, obviously. And with that, people argue. Well, if you've become a citizen and you're enjoying the culture and blah blah blah, then you need to um, absorb. And you need to participate in, like, what led to that country's, that state. Um, to which I'll argue, you're enjoying black culture, but you're not you're not <laughs> appreciating the black struggle or anything. But it's cool. So, yeah, I've never really paid much attention to it. Um, wearing a poppy and them things there have never really held much meaning to me. I remember back in the day, I used to be gassed about getting that poppy and wearing it. <laughs> I, I remember mandem on the underground, like, literally on Remembrance Day, 
standing up and looking down the carriage and then started shouting out, none of you guys are wearing a poppy. You should be ashamed of yourself. I just put my headphones in. <laughs> I'm just like, fam, like, cool. Thank you for remembering it. Thank you. But, yeah. So I, I don't feel, I personally don't feel that that, that draw to it. Mm. Um, but... I don't want to minimize its importance and I don't want to minimize the impact that it has for those who it's still relevant for. So I, I'm almost like, it's, it's almost like a Christmas sort of approach. Some people look at Christmas for the presents. Some people look at Christmas for Christ. So I'm like, right. If you look at Remembrance Day from a perspective of we need to remember this, then more power to you, remember it. If not, I'm not going to force you to. Mm. So yeah. Do you think that there is something that Christians can look to work can, can, is there something that Christians can take away from Remembrance Day or is that just like an over-spiritualization yeah I, I think it is spiritualization but well over-spiritualization but um, excuse me in today's youth group that I was running there we had different um, curriculums and stuff and one of them was actually a Remembrance Day curriculum and the memory verse was First John, um, no greater love is this than to lay down your lives for those. I think it was John, not First John. No greater love is this than to lay down your life for those you love. Um, I think it's both in John and First John, actually. And so there was this notion of these people loved us and we're still benefiting from their love. And so we're reaping from this and it was almost it almost sounded like the call to war was something that was driven by god's love mm. and i don't know if i agree i just feel as though i don't know how i feel about war in general um yeah i don't know how i feel about war in general i know that war is in the bible and god did lead like david was a man of war and stuff like that and God, David would pray as to how should we go about this, and God would be like, "Yeah, go do the thing." Um, but it's it's just a sense in which, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about war. I don't I don't know if I'll participate in a war. Actually, the way I am right now, I'm more be, I might be likely to participate in a war if, if it popped off. What would make you? <laughs> what would make you want to take part in a war? It's, for me more so, it's, um, it is that trying to fight to ensure that my family are taken care of. But you have to fight to ensure your family are taken care of? Because it's like... Can't you just move country? You could, you could move country, but what means... What, or just not fight. Or what, so th this is the thing, there's that passive approach and there's that um, direct approach. And it's almost like peaceful protests is around what Martin Luther King did. And it's believed that it's steeped in the teachings of Christ. Um, being a pacifist and not fighting, but entrusting everything into God's hands and allowing God to kind of come forward for it. Mm. And we we know that he played a major part in freedom fires and how we are, how things have kind of played out. But there was also Malcolm X, he was counter that. He was on this thing. He fam. But it's like, he wasn't just that militant. There was a philosophy, there was a mindset, that there was a, there was actual 
strategy behind what he was doing and he wasn't just all guns blazing he was also conversation he was also strategizing he was also these things um and so i'm i don't know and we've even got uh thizzle i'm not sure if you if you heard a story of him getting shot no so Thizzle was uh, an american he used to be christian rapper but because of the um, politics and how he was treated within christian hip-hop he's almost he stopped making music um, so he was shot in Atlanta. He survived. And after they were interviewing him, he was like, yeah, if I didn't take out my gun and start shooting back, I would have been dead by now. <laughs> 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 and it's like, raw, this is real. Like, it took him shooting back to save his life. But obviously you can argue, well, it should have just gone to Jesus, isn't it? Like, he would have been out. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm in a stage where I'm just like, I'm trying to figure this out for myself. But as I said, I'm more lenient towards <laughs> pull out a strap, get the strap, come like 50 cent. Um, I, I feel like participating in, in wars and stuff like almost kills part of your humanity. Mm-hmm. Like the taking of another human life. Yeah. Even if you not do, even if you're not pulling the trigger yourself, mm-hmm. knowing that you took part in someone else dying, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, that is wild. There, there is. It definitely does have an impact on people, like psychologically, emotionally. Like you can go fight for your family and come back and not be able to relate to them or interact with them any, anymore, mm-hmm. just because of what you've gone through. And so, yes, you've you've secured their future, but you've just removed yourself from it or yourself that you were before because of all that you've been exposed to um so yeah i'm i'm still trying to navigate this but um in terms of celebrating it i don't know because it's like the same way that we can over spiritualize it and just say yeah these people um laid their lives down for us and that showed us their love. But some of these people just hated the other nations. Some of these people weren't motivated by, oh, this is the just cause. No, I want to go shoot people. <laughs> like, there were so many different motivations in this. And so we just can't pay all of them with the love of Christ. Mm. And just say all of them did it because of that, that conviction. Some of them might have, but all of them certainly didn't. And so in celebrating that, it's almost like celebrating the Nazis. That's hella wild. Because you're like, no, nah, their ethos and everything was just totally left. Yeah. But it was almost like, for those within that nation, it seemed as though they were doing the best for that nation. Yeah. And I think like with all this like celebrating, we we like gloss over the fact that to have these freedom, people had to be killed. Mm-hmm. Innocent people were, were killed in the process. Mm-hmm. Like children, mothers, fathers, like people who who weren't even involved in the war that yeah. was that were just citizens that yeah. just happened to be citizens of, of these countries. A lot of those people would have lost their lives mm. in the crossfire, and like we never talk about that. And I think I just feel like, yeah, th- yeah. I feel like there's no. I feel like it's weird that we can celebrate war. And like, cause mm. like, cause like, like, if, if you understand what a war is, <laughs> it's, it's, pe- it's yeah. people killing other people. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, we're saying yeah, let's celebrate these soldiers for for what they did 
But let's not talk about the fact that they killed people. They took they killed people, they took, they took people's lives, tore people's families apart. Um yes, it was for a cause that they thought was good. But to the people on the other side, Doing you're seen victims. as yeah. Yeah, do you know what? Um so I was reading a book as I have been doing recently, and the book was arguing that it is important for us to remember our past. Because even the Bible is a record of the past. Mm. And as we read it, we are faced with wars, we're faced with um, like celebrations, we're faced with different things. And the person argued that even God commanded the Israelites to remember the Exodus. And that's that's why it. I was almost like, hmm, should we remember that? But as we were talking, it was like, the Exodus was the hand of God moving in such a way that it wasn't until the final plague that people's lives were taken. Mm. It was like your firstborns are going to be taken. So it was like pestilence. It was fa- um, like crops were being taken, darkness. disease, darkness and stuff like their lives were being spared. And it was God's hand and God was like, I want you to remember the Exodus. I want you to remember how much of a mighty hand I displayed to take you out of this land. And I want that to be a part of your your identity. That I have called you out with a mighty hand and called you my own. And the wars, the subsequent wars for land, um, for recognition, for different things as to backslid and stuff like that were all written not to be celebrated but to remembered from a position of you lot messed up mm. or you had to fight for what God had given you there were different reasons why, but it wasn't I'm writing this so that you lot can celebrate about it 200 years down the line mm. oh yeah we won this victory and we're still living in this but I want you God was like very intentional I want you to remember the Exodus to the point of initiating the Passover, where every year, even up until now, the Jewish community will celebrate the Passover to remember that they were once slaves and they were taken out of the slavery by a mighty hand. And so, yeah, I, it, based on that, I can't agree with its remembrance. Yeah, and like even the fact that we have like a whole museum for war, the, the like Imperial War Museum down the road, where they've got missiles and tanks and all of these different things that they look nice but when you think about what they were actually used for um, <laughs> are they really that nice um, <laughs> yeah but, but to be fair it does seem like a very British thing <laughs> um, I don't think there are I can't think of many other countries that like, yeah. that like um, celebrate war the way that Britain does and the thing the thing as well is the way Colonial countries keep like spoils of war in museums on display, mm. but yet they're like, "No, nah, war is bad." Blah blah blah. Take give the stuff back to the people. <laughs> it's like we we've got we've got all of these things from the Ghanaian chiefs, all these gold, and it's just like so. Basically, you're still relishing in your victory over them mm-hmm. many years after, and it's just like. Dude, what's what's going on? And obviously, it doesn't help when um, Prince Charles or whatever 
went Ghana and then they granted him the highest award that they've <laughs> given to anyone. And I'm just like, you're a waste, man. Like, but yeah, it's just, um, I, th I think there's there's a lot of double standards. And I don't think we help ourselves in, in that. But I think there's a lot of double standards in that we claim to support one thing or we claim to um, be so progressive that we don't want to engage in war, like genocide, the slaughtering of kids. Like right now, everyone is like, no, this is absolutely bad. We shouldn't do this. How can the Bible condone this? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we're going to celebrate it mm. when it comes to our history. And so, yeah, that that in 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 light of that, I'm yeah, <laughs> I can't justify it. So, based on like Jesus teaching a New Testament, mm -hmm. do you think that there will ever be another holy war in like in Comics? So, like you know how how like we've had the Crusades, yeah, and stuff like that. Do you think that God will ever say, "All right, guys, it's time to like rise up"? And I don't even think the Crusades was of God. Yeah, it, it um, wasn't, but but obviously it, it was it was in the it was, name it of was God. justified. Yeah, under the yeah, we're doing this for God. So do you think that like someone can like rise up and like um, gather the people and, and make them say, okay, in in the name of God, let's go and take out this sect of people? Um, in Christianity, I think we like to believe that we're we've gone beyond that, or we've learned from that. Um, I know that the jihadists and stuff like that are are on that wave. Um, so they don't like the suicide bombers and them things there, but that's more Islam. They're on that wave in terms of like, we're doing this ethnic cleansing or whatever they might call it in the name of God. Mm. Um, partially, I think that Christianity is, has become very passive. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Ultimately, I think it's a bad thing because it's lukewarm. Mm. And so we are a lot more tolerant. We are a lot more, tolerance is not a bad thing. So that's, that's it's like we've become a lot more passive where we let a lot more, lot, a lot more of things slide. Mm. Um, but when we were, and I think that's a result of when we were actually on this thing, we were doing a madness. Like we were barring kids from playing football on a Sunday we were, um, people are running up on people's houses on Christmas Day. If you had turkey, fine. Like, but these times, these guys were getting paid a lot. Um, so we, 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 when we were over the top, we were over the top. And now that we aren't over the top, we're too passive. Mm. And so it's trying to find that middle ground. Um, I think if we do find a middle ground, it, it will be, we won't, go on crusades, but we won't be tolerant of things that we shouldn't be tolerant over, um, tolerant about. I hope we don't go back to crusades, I really don't. Um, yeah, I, I'll say from what I can envision now, I can more see the church bickering within itself than bickering outside. Mm. So sex within the church saying, oh, you guys tolerate homosexuality, we don't, we're the right church, you're the wrong church, bun you. We're not going to talk to you or we need to persecute. Like, So I kind of see that tension and that bickering more so than we're looking external and trying to do that. Because mm. um, I think the, the state of the world right now, especially the Western world, people just tell you to shut up. 
Yeah. Like there isn't that fear of the religion anymore or that reverence of it. Like one person will go up and the whole street, Christian, Muslim, like would you tell her to shut up? <laughs> so yeah, I don't think there's that reverence. Definitely. In the wider world. So I think it will be a lot more bickering between how we should respond to the world within. So it's almost like we're going to be eating at, at each other. Mm. Do you think that, so like, you know, in, in like all these Middle Eastern countries where like Christians are being beheaded and everything, mm. do you think that Christianity as a body should be doing something about that? Or do you think that it's something to let, just like leave to God and like and let him, him avenge them? <laughs> or, or do we need to pick up the strap and <laughs> ride out? Come like Django. I feel like, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of both. Well, pick up the strap. Hmm? Pick up the strap. I think we should be. I think we should be proactive, proactive in trying to um, bombard the government, trying to enact legislation and stuff to be able to support them. And if we can send relief and aid, like missionaries and stuff, we know that I'm going there and I might lose my life. But no, like fighting the Muslims to, to like, bro. If if I haven't, if if that's what it takes, fam. Like, <laughs> flag kick to the jaw. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But I think because the book of Revelations does mention um, the blood of the martyrs being something that, um, so it's almost like there was a cup, I believe, so I hope I don't misquote it, but it was like a full measure of martyrs, a full measure of people who, who are going to die mm. for the faith. And it was almost like waiting for that number to be hit or waiting for that, that, those pints of blood to be reached. But it's almost like, I know that in saying that, it's almost like, all right, God is just slaughtering us, waiting to like um, reach some whatever. And it's like, all right, cool, now I'm going to come. Um, or God is allowing people to slaughter us. Um, but I do know that, like, there is that petition to God, there is that trusting in God to be able to work and move through this. Um, but there, But that shouldn't make us Oh, yeah, I know you're suffering, but pat, pat, God's got you. And then walk off. Like the Bible says, if you if you see your brother in need and you have something that can actually help them out, if you don't help them out, then your Christianity is just fake. Mm. Um, and so if we are able to, if you have like politicians, if you have um, aid workers and stuff like that, who can actually do it. And, and I'm not even trying to push the responsibility onto others, but it's like, how can we as a body help? Tangibly help what they're going through. Um, as well as pray. So yeah, um, I think I think that's it for me. Yeah, mad. This this yeah, this is mad. This topic is mad. Do you think it's, like it's human lives? It's like it's easy to say it from the comforts of London in a church on a soft sofa. Yeah, and then it's totally something different if you're going through it. Like you're in whips. You're getting whipped. You're in chains. You're being starved and people are just like renounce your faith or we're gonna kill you. I can't lie, man would say, yep, <laughs> whether you want Gigi. <laughs> and it's like and some of them aren't even given the opportunity. They see you in a church or they see you doing something Christian cool, line them up, yeah. slash off their heads. And it's like being lined up, lay down on the floor. You're laying on your stomach on the floor. You look to your left. 
and you're just seeing people's blood just spilling. They're just slashing off people's heads. And you know that you're like the fifth person in line. So it's coming to you. And it's just like, what, what do you say? What do you do? What can you say or do? So yeah, and for us, we're just in this comfort of just, yeah, I can read the Bible on the train. I can do whatever. I can listen to worship music. I'm still good. But seeing man them in that situation or even being in that situation is totally different. So and I don't wanna brush over someone else's experience or brush over the pain that they face for faith or even in life. Mm. But it's like we can never truly step into another person's shoes. We can sympathize, we can empathize, or we can never truly step into their shoes. We can imagine what it feels like and what it might feel like. Um, so I think that we should be moved with compassion to to help as much as possible. And I think in, in that, trying to help as much as possible, sometimes we can jump in all guns blazing, thinking that this is what we need to do. But sometimes we need to, not sometimes, all the time, we need to trust in God to be like, all right, God, how do we navigate this? How do we ensure that your plans and your purposes are fulfilled within this? Is, is it a case of get the strap, let's go in? <laughs> Um, is it a case of alright let's petition let's pray let's hit legislation is it is it is it is it a case of both so yeah um, man come like Rambo <laughs> drop, drop me in drop me in Tibet drop me in Bangladesh let me go save these dons um, <laughs> no but I babble on my back um, but yeah I, th I think that it, it takes real dis it takes a body discerning the heart and the mind of God mm. to be able to see tangibly what we able, what we ought to do. I know that we can all say the nicest things, but tangibly what, what are we called to do? Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? Um holy war. <sighs> I don't think there'll be a holy war. I can see you wanting one. No. Come I, like fake night. I don't want people to die. That's just crazy. But I can I can definitely see people um I can definitely see Christians getting tired with like the way the world is and saying you mm. know what yeah let's take things into our own hands um like i um i definitely feel like the world isn't for christians mm -hmm. in a sense that um like you, like there are, there'll, there'll be mass shootings in the church and there's justice but not the justice you might want mm. like you see i think i think that we need to i i, I want to like categorize that and say there'll be mass shootings in the black church yeah and there won't be outrage <laughs> there'll be outrage in the black community but, like, but that's where it's gonna stop yeah and like the way they can i remember just seeing how they just like nicely brought the guy out of the house <laughs> bro so um i can definitely see like and i think they even bought him kfc yeah something like that I could definitely see like an off, like an off branch of like Christians banding together and like doing some crusade things. Mm. Eventually, I think that, like you said, we're quite passive, mm -hmm. and I think that, but for some people, it might get to a point where enough is enough. Yeah, and then yeah, they'll start laying people down. Um, I think I think I think I've mentioned it a few times on a podcast where. If I was in America, I would struggle to not purchase a sniper rifle. Mm. 
I would struggle not to just be like, get me a sniper. Let me just hide in high-rise buildings and just <laughs> like just go, just do this thing. Um, yeah, and I, I, in saying that, I think it, it will be. There are some who have become complacent and have they're comfortable with what's happening because it doesn't affect them as much yeah. or they're able to dance around it. Um, but for those who are living in the oppression, people are already getting fed up. People are already getting fed up. And so we are having black Christians leaving the faith because they're like, there's nothing in it. This is, this is the white man's religion. This is the slave master's religion almost and trying to fight back. Um, But those within it, those who are still remaining in it, there, there's a real challenge. And I know that I'm making this like black, white again. Um, there's a real challenge within it because it's like, how do we how do we stand firm in the faith that people have used to condone what they're doing? Um, and it's like, you, you can blatantly see that this isn't right, but you're still just letting it slide. So I think if if there is to be like a crusade or something like that, it might be like a racial thing. Mm, yeah, I can see that. It might be a ra- and that I can see more so than we're running up on different countries and I just like convert or die. I can see Mandan picking up the straps and going into like white churches and stuff and just being like, yo, this is mine now. Like, <laughs> you know the ones there? Like, we want change, and I can see that. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, hookups, hookup time. <laughs> I'll go. Mine isn't necessarily um, a book or an app or anything. I'm still looking for an app. Um, but I think towards the end of the year, just really, just start like decluttering. Some people will wait until like December 31st, be like, I'll check out everything or whatever. But let's move into into the new year. Like, give yourself time to actually think through these things. Declutter, declutter your wardrobe, declutter your music, declutter your, like your your house, your car, your spirit, your mind. Just declutter. Just go through things and like, what have I picked up throughout the year that I should let go of? Mm. what habits have I picked up what um, clothing have I picked up um, yeah what people have I, not not yeah I don't really like what people have I picked up that I need to drop um, no some people need to be dropped <laughs> do you know what I I'm always challenged by that I'm always challenged by that notion of if you're not like in like adding to my worth or adding to me then I need to drop you oh, no, no, I, don't, I don't believe in that um, I believe that there are certain people who come into your life for for seasons for a season yeah yeah that i agree with yeah that i agree with and sometimes you need those seasons come to an end you gotta say bye-bye fam so yeah i'll say like as we're leading into december and going into 2019 you start thinking about decluttering decluttering apps um i would definitely recommend screen time on ios where it tells you how long you're spending on different things Mm. and it um and it gives you like a weekly average of how much time you spent on your phone, even down to how many times you've picked it up 
um, and sometimes it compares it to the national average. So it tells you, oh, you're like 45 minutes below the national average or mm. an hour above it. So that gives you a good estimate and a good guide as to how tethered to your phone you are. So yeah, just start decluttering, just declutter your life. I think that, that's, that's my hookup. Cool. Starting now. My hookup is a book by Stormzy. Sir? Yeah, so Stormzy um, has started their publishing company. Dope. Called Mur- Murky Books. Yeah, he had he had he had the launch at the Barbican on Wednesday, and it was so good to see like so many black people in the Barbican because that's not something that that, that happens. Mm. And so so like so like the first book from 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 his publishing company is like the story of like his team like um, hashtag Murky the mm. team, and yeah so like it's and it's done. So, so like, there, um, there's this guy called Jude who, who like interviewed like all the team, mm-hmm. and he's like taking all the bits of the interviews and like made like a timeline of like how everyone went to music to mm. how they got to be part of the team and stuff. And it's it's, nice. it's, it's been a really interesting read so far. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they gave it out um, for free with the tickets for the um, oh, so for yeah. the event. Yeah, really good event. Um, Akala was there, Mallory Blackman was there, Benjamin Zafanaya was there. Stormzy was there. Yeah, was swear, good. man, like Benjamin, oh, all, of the, all of the dons came out. So it was sick. It was, it was a good event, yeah. And yeah, Stormzy's doing big stuff. And I commend him for all the stuff that he's doing. And Amazing. I might need to borrow it afterwards. Definitely, definitely. Cool. All right. So, do you want to talk about. So, the, after the conversation that, that, that we just had, it was a bit morbid. My second conversation was <laughs> morbid again. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about something a bit, a bit happier? Let's go for the morbid. Okay. So I was reading the newspaper this week and I saw a statistic that I think we've reached 100 stabbings in London this right. year. And I think in the whole of the UK, I, f- I think we're at 250. Okay. So just stabbings. That's not including shootings or, or, mm-hmm. or nothing. And I was just thinking like, how do we as Christians reconcile God being loving when there's all this madness going on in the world, mm. like in the midst of all this craziness. That's, even yeah. if it's not like happening to you personally, you can see mm-hmm. what, what what's happening. Yeah. And and then like these are the times where when, when people are, pe- people ask if your God is so loving, why why is He allowing all of these things to happen? Yeah. So so like how so like how do you reconcile it in your mind when stuff like this happens? But I think questions like this I used to answer very flippantly. And flipping answers almost trivializes the pain that people go through. Not almost, it does. It trivializes the pain that people feel mm. and go through in these situations. It's like, it's one thing hearing that someone got stabbed and it's another thing being stabbed or being a family member of the person that got stabbed and knowing them, like, personally. Um, so firstly, it's just like, yeah, thoughts and prayers going out to those who have been affected by this more directly. Um... I think, firstly, the notion of free will and the notion of the sovereignty of God, um, where it is a fact that we have got free will. We have been given the ability to choose and to act as we freely choose. And our choices are our choices. We can't blame somebody else for our choices. 
we can't blame yeah i can't blame somebody else i can't blame the slave a slave master for someone getting like someone else like for what like i can't blame a slave master for someone stabbing him is that person's response like the person chose to do that mm. like regardless of whatever the slave master was doing to that person the person still chose to do what it was doing mm. um obviously the slave master chose to be a slave master and to act in a way that he did and stuff like that which might have inspired like um allowed the slave to harbor resentment resentment and stuff like that but he still chose to act on that yeah um i, I just went straight right straight back to slavery and stuff. <laughs> but it's cool um like we have got free will and we are accountable for everything we decide to do and so we we can't shift that accountability to god we can't shift that accountability to god and say you're god you've got ultimate control over everything and so as soon as you see someone about to stab another person strike him dead or just change something so they can't it can't happen but the people might argue that like god intervenes in some situations so why so like so like there are times where he does in, uh, intervene so if if he does intervene sometimes why doesn't he intervene all the time most of the time when he intervenes it's through very natural causes so someone might be about to get stabbed and someone just happens to walk by who's just like no i'm not gonna let this happen or something natural happens and something like well sometimes people are like oh, i had a bible in my pocket and i got shot i hate and those stories hate, not stayed <laughs> I in the bible blah 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 <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's like so you can almost deem it as all supernatural and sometimes it will like God said put, put it in this pocket rather than that pocket um, but again it was through a very natural means there was something physically there that stopped the bullet mm. even if it wasn't the Bible it could have been another book nah it's, it's always the Bible <laughs> it, it always <laughs> it's is always the Bible, the Bible. <laughs> and the funniest thing is if the bullet can tear through flesh then the book we ain't gonna do much to yeah. I, remember, I remember reading this story once about like just like shopping complex that mm. burned down and, and the only building that didn't get burned down was the Christian bookshop. <laughs> but and I don't know how much I believe stories, stories like that. I'm say where it's, it's hella convenient. It's really convenient. It might be true, <laughs> but it just sounds convenient. So, um, like God tends to use natural means even when he's intervening supernaturally. There are exceptions to this. Um, so we can't disregard God when we're enjoying the best of life and then blame him when the worst comes. Mm. We need to acknowledge him in both. Um, and so if we will attribute our successes to God, then it will, all right, cool, attribute your failures to God as well. Yeah. But if you're not willing to do that, then why should you attribute the failures of the world to God? Mm. Um, but yeah, so... We do have free will. We do have, everyone has the ability to pick and choose for themselves. If, and the argument is always made, if God was to remove everything or everyone evil from the world, then the world would be empty. Um, which is true, but it doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my whole argument is that, yo, the world is messed up. But we chose to mess the world up. And so we can't hold God accountable. Yeah. Like, we have chosen to do this. A like, guy has chosen to pick up a knife and stab another person. I can't hold God accountable. I can't pick and choose when I hold God accountable. I can't pick and choose when I allow God into a situation. I can't pick. If I allow God into my life, then he needs to be Lord over everything. 
not just you can you can be lord over like this but you can't touch my finances or my love life that's that's me or my sexuality that's me no he needs to touch everything and so yeah we can't hold god accountable when things go bad and just neglect and ignore him when things go good yeah and also, and I also feel like even if god himself came down and asked you a question for you because of how weak humans are no 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 answer we, we, we would ever get be it from god or be it from humans but would ever be good enough <laughs> um yeah and i think in in that regard we we could be very we act very privileged mm-hmm. and there's a lack of um what's the word self what's the word reflection no self reflection self Accountability, mm-hmm. self, self, accountability. Uh, okay. In that, yeah, like we were saying, um, when when that good stuff happens, we don't attest it to God. We say yeah. it's because it's, it's something that I did. Yeah, like that. Um, but when something bad happens, then suddenly God is around, and, and God needs to um, answer for what He's you done. Know, like that. And it's like when I first met her, when I first started answering, I was like, the notion of free will and the sovereignty of God, and it's. Um, I, I take very seriously the passage that said all things says all things work for the greater good of those who love God and according to his purposes. Um and that has like seen me through so many different things and it's seeing me through different things where I'm just like, God, I can't see how this is working for my good, but I'm gonna trust in you. Um where it's like and the caveat is caveat is um those who love him according to his purposes it's almost argued well if, if you're not in Christ then you just got stabbed in it <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in Christ boy let's see what God is going to do with that right, that's man. a testimony right there have you, you going to plan the church one day you know like that <laughs> that was a seed being pushed into your stomach um, but it, it's the reality that nothing is wasted in God's hands. Yeah. So, as, like, morbid and heinous as the concentration camps were, one element of it almost served to show just how much evil can be harbored in the hearts of man. Mm. And when that evil is then galvanized into a political movement, just what it can do. And then it taken, it taken the whole world to band together to stop it. And so it's like, we, we in the evilness, the evil within man's heart being demonstrated, we get a glimpse of man. It's like, all that we're doing is put, putting up a mirror in front of us. And it's like, this is what, how you truly are. Um, just, be, just okay, and this is the argument. It's like, yes, but people are stabbing each other. But what is the government doing about it? Mm. What are those in power doing about it? What are those who have been we have voted for and we have entrusted the care of the nation doing about it? It's like there was that um, clip from the BBC of this white guy saying it's institutionalized racism at the heart of the government. 
because it was like if it was in a constituency where it was um, predominantly white or white middle class or like the prime minister's background and stuff, mate, like we're we're doing stuff about that or they're doing stuff about that. But now nah, it's inner city, black kids, Asian kids, they're stripping away police from these from these places, blah blah blah, and it's like so we look at the manifestation. Someone just got stabbed, and we're like, oh, blah blah blah, this and that. But it's like, what infrastructure has allowed this to happen? Yeah. What infrastructure is in place to prevent this from happening? Yes, the budget cuts and blah, 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 and this and that, cool. But what are you doing about the people's lives? Obviously, we can't police every single person. So there will still be slips in the cracks. But right now, it looks like they're gaping holes and not cracks. Yeah. I remember Carla, <coughs> I, th- I think it was a Carla who said that things like council estates, like they're designed to read this kind of mentality mm. and, 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 uh, and this sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, I guess it's easier to, to like turn a blind eye to it mm-hmm. than to roll up your sleeves and get stuck in and sort um, things out. It's easier to see a kid. I think I mentioned this. Actually, no, I mentioned this last week. No, earlier on this week. Um, to an, in another conversation I was having, it's easier to condemn someone for doing something bad than working with them to change their life. So you see a kid in the playground smoking a cigarette. Now, we know that cigarettes, you need to be 16 or 18 before you can get them. 18, I believe. You see a kid who's like 11 smoking cigarettes in the playground. Most of our listeners or most of the people in our community will just condemn the person and walk off. Mm. They won't get involved and be like, yo, well, go on. I won't give it a second thought. None. They'll just be like, oh, I saw this waste man sitting there. It's like, oh, what's happening to the youth of today? Just sitting in the park smoking. And I'm just like, but you're part of the problem now. And so... Yeah, we can complain where is God, or we can be like, right, God, how do we solve this? Mm. And so, if you're complaining, you're part of the problem, which extends to other things. If, if there's a madness popping in your church and you're just complaining, you're part of the problem. Yeah, I think people ask why when the question should be they should be asking is, Lord, what can I do? Because mm. And that that is very very very, very scary question mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like knowing God, you ask it's going to be a madness. Fam, <laughs> God, we have you pioneering one next ministry to do it. Fam. So yeah. 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 I, I, I I just want to say like, even in like situations like this, like God's grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. and. Um, that might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but when you deepen your understanding on like who God is and stuff, mm. like even in the midst of like all the pain and the hurt, yeah, you know you have someone who is more than you mm. or and above you that st- still loves you enough to. Allow you to suffer, yeah, but still work 
it somehow for good. Yes. And it's like, I know, I, I find it, every time that I, I say this, like, God, um, all things work for the greater good, I always have to be like, some people have gone through some madness. Like, and I was, I'd also say, just as quickly, the greater good might not mean that you get a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It might be, you might be the first domino, which is yeah. is, is, a, is yeah. um, a change for someone else's mm-hmm. life. Or, um, the, the, the greater good might come on the day of judgment yeah. when everyone goes up to be with Jesus. It's like um, Emmett Till taking the bat there, smart. So Emmett Till was a guy that um, I think he whistled at a white girl. Yeah. And then all hell broke loose, beat him up, killed him, dashed him in a, in a river, whole body swollen. They fished, um, the com- black community fished him out. He was just swollen. And his mum was like, I'm not going to let, I'm not just going to let this slide. She held an open casket funeral where folks can come and see what had happened to him. And she was like, I know that God is going to use this for good. And it sparked a whole new movement. So it's like he has lost he had lost his life. And there's one element in which you can be like, it is a real shame. Real shame that he lost his life. Like nothing nothing can replace that. But in his mum's refusal to lose hope but to entrust herself into God and trust his life into God's hand and to be like, yo, I'm not going to let this slide. It sparked a whole new movement, which, like, is still trickling today. His name is still being heard today. Like, his life, his story, his pictures are still being seen today. Mm. And so sometimes it takes the right perspective. Sometimes it takes, the like, just a different action to bring something about. And also I wanted to say in line with what Robert was saying, like the greater good fundamentally was like outlined right after that statement where it was like to be conformed to the image of Christ. And it's like in, I think that's from Hebrews, isn't it? Or is it from Romans? No, it's from Romans. I think it's Romans. Yeah, it's Romans. In Hebrews, it, there was like the hall of fame of faith and it lists bag of people's names. And then in the end it says some of these died without having tasted of the promises of God, mm. but they died in faith. And I'm like, rah. So what, God, you promised Abraham that his family was going to number, was going to be like as numerous as the stars or the sand on the beach, and he only saw one you. <laughs> That's mad. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw he saw two. He saw two. He saw two, and then I think after he um he had like um, concubines, and then they did like there was a madness there as well. But like the child of promise, twas but one. Mm. But yeah, he died in he died in faith, and he was and it's just like just because it doesn't seem as illustrious as we might like it to be doesn't necessarily mean that God's promises hasn't been fulfilled definitely so yeah um, 
it is peak. Times are peak. I would definitely just encourage listeners, like, all things will work for the greater good. Trust me. Right, let's round up there. Thank you guys for listening. For real. Um, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope it wasn't too morbid for you. Fam. We'll have some fun next time. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Rude for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at the UK. You can e- email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksons Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcasting websites, Blacksons Furnace with an apostrophe. Um, Nancy Meat Season 3 will be out soon. Blah. Third and final season, so check it out. Um, 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 anything from you? No, I think that's it. Oh, um, I'm working with this organisation called U-Press um, on a Scribers, Scribers Hive um, project where they've got different organizations coming from all across Europe, um, different people from all across Europe, young people, should I say, um, and we're just talking about social issues and how we may tackle them, looking at journalistic um, techniques and different ways of like interviewing and stuff like that in in um, line with this. And I'm doing their documentary stuff. So, so I'm, I'm doing a photo documentary, so I'm just documenting all that they're doing. So this week I was shooting with them throughout the week. And next year I'm going to Poland with them um, to go shoot. So just keep an eye out on um, HMU's H Instagram. Some of the in- uh, images she'll be dropping there will be good to show them love, show them support. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's some really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I might actually make a book out of them pictures as well. So yeah, just a little heads up. Alright, Peter should be back with us next week. Pagan. That was Moses, not me. <laughs> yes, he is. Not a that pagan. I'm denying it, but <laughs> cool, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. <laughs>